Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The sweet, sweet presence of the Lord is here with us today. And so we thank you, Lord, oh, for honoring our praise and our worship and meeting us in a special way today. Oh, I hope you feel the presence of the Lord in your dwelling place. Oh, so we are gathered here not to focus on the distraction, not to focus on the difficulties of our day, but to focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So right now I would ask you to get comfy in your seat, to grab your Bible, grab a notebook, and get ready to receive what the Lord would have to say specifically for you on this evening. And the Lord has impressed upon me to share a message under the title, What's in a Frame? What's in a Frame? Based on the text found in Philippians 4, chapters 10 through 13. So if you have your Bibles, begin turning there with me. And as I thought about this message, I, I thought about how when Sam and I got married, one of the things that was really important for us was to make sure that wherever we lived was warm and homey. That when people would walk in, they would get a sense of, of love and feeling welcomed in that place. And so from our very first little matchbox apartment <laughs> to the home we live in today, we want people to feel the love of the Lord when they enter our home, like they're a part of the family. And so one of the ways that we were able to do that early on was by purchasing a set of assorted picture frames for our home. And so what we did, they came in a box and they were all the same color, but they varied in shape and size. And so it was a quick and inexpensive way to begin to fill our walls and always remember fondly those that we love. And over the years, I want you to know that we've kept this collection. We've actually added to this collection. And so we keep the collection the, the same color. They're all black frames. But we've added other sizes. And once a year, we rotate the pictures. And so we have something in our home now called the Wall of Fame. And so people know that when they come visit, they look for pictures of friends and family and those that we love. And so when I visit people's homes, I love to see what they display on their walls. See, people frame what's important to them. Some people, like me, frame pictures of their family, but others frame degrees and diplomas. Some people frame sonogram pictures of their children or grandchildren. Some people frame awards and, and mementos. Some frame Bible verses or some spectacular photograph that they took somewhere in their travels. But I firmly believe that a picture frame is just as important as what's inside. As a matter of fact, Van Gogh said that a picture frame, a picture without a frame is like a soul without a body. A picture without a frame is like a soul without a body. So the picture frame that we choose makes a difference. In language, brothers and sisters, the way that we present an argument, the context that we provide around the story also helps to frame the way the audience receives that message. The, the language we choose to frame that can either provide a positive or negative reaction to the information that you present. 
One of the things I was taught at work early on is when having to correct, a, you know, a, a, an action or address a, a difficult action with a staffer, you, you give them a positivity sandwich. <laughs> and so you start by acknowledging something positive they did, and then you, you share the opportunity for growth right in the middle, and then you end again at a, at a high note, right, providing an opportunity for change. In the fields of marketing and advertising, framing also matters. Think about it. Would you rather buy meat that's 75% lean or 25% fat? Now, if you think about it, it's the same thing, but the first option sounds more appealing, right? I want meat that's 75% lean. That'll make me lean, right? It'll cancel out the calories. <laughs> so the way that we frame things matter. And so as we think about this unusual season that we're in, the way that we frame this season in our minds also matters. And so I ask you today, what's your perspective during this pandemic season? How are you viewing your life, your circumstances during this season? Have you framed your life with the understanding that God is the author of the story of your life? Or have you framed it in this idea that somehow you're floating through this season alone and, and with no real purpose? And so as you ponder some of those important questions, I'd like to turn to Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. Now we know that Paul was no stranger to difficulty. But I'd like to take a look at how he was framing his situation during one of the most difficult periods of his life. And so if you could turn with me to Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13, and the word of the Lord reads as such. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, as we think about the context here, we know that this letter was written as Paul sat in the custody of the Roman Empire. And as we think about the Roman correctional system, it's a far cry from what we know today. He's not at home peacefully on the house arrest. He's chained in a common holding cell where execution was a very real possibility for him. And based on what we know about the way the Romans did things, it was likely that he had been stripped naked and beaten before he even got to that cell. We know that the conditions where he was at were probably cold and, and dark. There was probably a, a lack of water and a sickening stench in the air from the waste of other prisoners. And to top it off, his only place of rest after a long day was the muddy ground beneath him. And so Paul had good reason to be fearful. 
Paul had good reason to be depressed. Paul had good reason to be in despair. And yet in these verses, we hear an unusual optimism in the face of death. And what he does is he models for us a capacity to rejoice in the Lord despite the circumstances. Paul is telling the church, listen, I know that you're worried about me, but I'm good. I'm good. I've been through my ups. I've been through my downs. I've had difficulty. But at the end of the day, the thing that has brought me through is Jesus. And although it was them that should have been encouraging Paul, he uses this letter to exhort the Philippian church to stand firm in the Lord. Oh, and so the frame that surrounded Paul's outlook was not based on his life circumstances, was not based on his carnal comforts, was it was based on none other than Jesus the Christ. Oh, beloved, the Bible says that you and I are God's masterpieces. His beautiful works of art that he painted by hand with pride. But it's Jesus that's the frame for our lives. Jesus that provides the structure we need to continue moving forward. But the question is, what's in a frame? What's in that frame? First, I believe that a frame surrounds as Jesus looks to surround us. See, frames go as far back as the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Greeks where framing borders were used in paintings on pottery and on walls. They were used to enhance that work of art. And so over the centuries that developed into ornate frames in many beautiful materials, in, in wood and in, in metals, even paper mache. And so the church was actually one of the earliest places where you could see framed triptychs with multiple panels, portraits of the Holy Family, or artwork illustrating stories from the scriptures. And in each case, the frame was handcrafted specially to enhance the beauty of these sacred images. And so you'll see some of them on your screen, just as examples of how beautiful and intricate these frames used to be. But I want you to know, beloved, that you are a sacred creature created in the image of God. He didn't rush to create you. There wasn't some magic explosion that brought you to life. He took his time handcrafting you. And he's proud of that work. And he wants to invest in that work. And so because of that, he sent Jesus to surround humanity and restore the masterpiece that he began at the beginning of time. Oh, I know you may not feel particularly attractive in this season. Come on, let's be real. I know all the salons are closed. I know the barbershops are closed. We're worrying about our roots. We're worrying about our eyebrows. Say hallelujah if you can. <laughs> but I want you to remember that you are a beautiful work of art. So do not let your colors fade because of the circumstances around you. 
See, some of us in this season have allowed things in our life to fade, things in our life to chip and to crack, to lose their appeal because we have not allowed Jesus to frame those things that we find valuable. Oh, but when the Spirit of God comes in and surrounds us, there's a beauty, no, almost a glow that comes from knowing that Jesus is all that we need. Oh, he will surround you and is all that you need. Secondly, a frame protects as Jesus wants to protect us. See, historically, frames for larger pieces on church altars were made out of a heavier kind of wood. And the frame was not only used for decoration, but it was a structural support that would protect that valuable piece of art. Without it, the art would crack, it would chip, it would become distorted over time. Now I know that some of you may feel like you are under attack today. There are things coming uh, at the exteriors of your life that are chipping away at your faith. Maybe your body is under attack. Maybe your family is under attack. Maybe your mental health is under attack. Your finances are under attack. And you feel like the enemy has been working overtime in your house to steal, kill, and destroy what's important to you. Oh, but I want you to know when you allow Jesus to frame your life, he becomes that protecting force behind you. He becomes the support that protects you from falling apart. He becomes that peace that keeps you sane. He becomes the sword that fights off the fiery darts of the enemy. Oh, for the Lord is a protecting force in our lives. Oh, let's not forget what it says in Psalm 91, verses 9 through 13, which says, If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Oh, and then it gets better, beloved. It says, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. You don't have to run. You don't have to fear because with the protection of the Lord, you will trample the lion that's trying to devour you. You will trample the cobra that's trying to ensnare you. Oh, because of God's protective force. See, at a museum, the most expensive pieces have multiple cameras monitoring at all times to preempt potential attacks. And I want you to know that because you are valuable to him, Jesus wants to stand guard outside every aspect of your life. He wants to set himself around the areas that are most important to you and preempt any attacks so that nothing meaning harm would even come close to you. It won't even look your way. Oh, so those lions are no longer an issue 
Oh, that serpent situation doesn't have to make you afraid because God will command his angels to guard you. Not some of the time, not maybe, not in the morning and not in the evening, at all times. He's always watching and he's always working to keep you safe. And finally, brothers and sisters, a frame sets apart as Jesus sets us apart. See, as eyes are windows to the world, many art connoisseurs believe that by placing a frame around a picture, it allows the viewer to peek into the soul of the artwork. See, without a frame, our eyes can wander to the bland walls around the artwork, but a frame centers our attention on the big picture. It calls it out, and it makes it easier to focus on all the beautiful details. See, when you allow Jesus to frame your life, you will transcend the situations around you. Look at Paul's situation. My goodness, he was in a difficult situation, yet he knew that he was set apart in Jesus. And so he was able to achieve contentment and look beyond the dire situation he was in. He was able to look beyond the walls of his cell and see Jesus. Oh, so wherever you find yourself today, remember that if you have plenty or if you lack, even if your immediate surroundings may be dark, know that Jesus has separated you from the, the blandness of the world around you. See, you and I are set apart people. We're part of a royal priesthood. And so the fruit of the Spirit is what should sustain us as we go through these difficult times. And so while others see you and expect you to fall apart, while others see you and expect you to give up, instead they'll look upon you and see you walking in love, walking in joy, walking in peace, walking in patience, walking in kindness and goodness, walking in faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, walking with the presence of the Lord. Oh, and they won't understand it. Oh, and they won't get it. But when Jesus frames your life, there's a, there's a confidence that lifts you up beyond the minutia of what you're going through. And you're able to focus on the greater work that he's doing in and through you. Also, oh, no matter where you find yourself today, be encouraged. God is in the restoration business. And he's already at work redeeming your yesterdays and building out your tomorrows. Oh, but you have to learn to frame every important area of your life in Jesus. You have to bring all things. You have to bring all things under his covering. Oh, brothers and sisters, we have to frame our families in Jesus. Oh, brothers and sisters, we have to frame our finances in Jesus. We have to frame our health in Jesus. We have to frame our mental health in Jesus. And that sin that has kept you in the dark holding cell for too long, that has kept death knocking on your door, we need to frame that in Jesus Christ, believing that he will restore us. Oh, because in Jesus we're surrounded. 
Oh, in Jesus, we're protected. Oh, in Jesus, we are set apart and we can find that we can do all things in him who strengthens us. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for this reminder from your word, Lord that although we may find ourselves in places that are dark, although we may find ourselves in places where we are constrained, where we are lacking certain things, Lord, that we can find contentment in you, that in you we are surrounded because we are your beautiful masterpieces. In you, Lord, we are protected so no fiery dart of the enemy will even come near our tent. And in you, my God, we are set up heart for more we are meant for more and so where we are today does not limit what you're building for us tomorrow so we thank you Lord that our families are surrounded our finances are surrounded our health is surrounded our mind is surrounded every area of our life is going to be framed by you and we will find strength we will find strength to face the lion and face the cobra to trample the serpent in the strength of Jesus so we thank you Lord for renewing our strength today and no matter what we find contentment in you because you are all we need you are our sustenance and all that we need to find fulfillment and so we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus amen and amen